Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Hey, huge fan. Been following for a while. Just have a quick question. By any chance, are you former Ravens Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco? For the 77th time, I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. Oh boy, what a Sunday. Um, And normally you guys don't wake up Monday morning to the sound of my voice, but I've got another guest on this week. I've got Kelsey Charles, who works for the Cowboys and is the host of the Girls Talking Boys podcast. She and I chatted for about an hour about kind of all things Cowboys and the Niners and kind of how we've got really similar experiences this year and some historical stuff and some Romo. And anyway, just had a really great chat with her and uh, really appreciated her coming on. So um, hope you guys like it. Um the uh, she also at the end of the podcast has you know she talks uh, we talk just briefly about kind of her career and how she got to the the spot that she's in and um, because I know that some of you probably have designs on that so wanted to give you guys a chance to um, to at least uh, kind of hear her out and and uh, hear her talk about kind of her career because it's a really cool career it's like all sports. Um, and uh all sports and everything she's in is sports and then like she's also got the podcast and she's also got the tv show she hosts for the cowboys so um aside from her being a cowboys fan absolutely a a perfect conversation um but you know you gotta you gotta represent the bad guys every once in a while but enough talk about the cowboys until we get to the main interview with kelsey i wasn't i didn't I didn't really anticipate doing, uh, really having anything to say this week, um, uh, you know, without Doug and Trevor, but something special happened this week. A uh, couple special things happened this week. The um, the New York Jets won a game, and they won it on the back of the greatest human being I've never met, Franklin Delano Gore. Franklin Delano Gore. That's his name. That's his full name. Isn't it glorious? That is the name of a king or or a president. But like you you get where I'm going. Franklin Delano Gore. It's perfect. Anyway, Franklin uh, played in his record-breaking 240th game as a running back. So he's the all-time leader in games played for running backs. Also scored his 100th career touchdown, which is just elite company. And, But I think the thing that he probably feels best about today, tonight, waking up tomorrow, 
is that the Jets won a game. And he contributed. And he's 37 years old. I always forget if it's 36 or 37. We'll just call it 37. But he contributed. He gained every single fucking yard on the game-clinching drive. Until they went into the victory formation, it was Frank, 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 Frank. And the clinching first down was a little six-yard dump-off pass from Darnold to Gore. And Gore just catches it in his belly and then falls backwards. And I read an article where he said it was like clumsily or, you know, it was like one of these things. No. No, 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 no. He wasn't going to turn around and try and he wasn't trying to take this to the house. He wasn't trying to pick up 20. He needed six. He got you seven. Shut the fuck up. This is Frank we're talking about here. And <clears throat> this was, um, God, I was as hyped for that as I, I was probably more hyped for Frank winning this game than I would have been if the Niners had won today. Because the Niners win really didn't mean anything. If they'd won, which they didn't. They got worked. Um, But if they'd won, it it wouldn't have meant anything. Right? But for Frank to have won, because I don't know if you guys have seen the interviews. I mean, we saw the, there was the, if you Google Frank Gore Jets Broncos, there's that like iconic image of him just kind of sitting there, just looking just like sullen, distraught, like just spent. Cause he knows the team he's on. He knows he he knows how hard the climb is right now. But this is a guy who, especially during the Niners heyday. Like those three, four, uh, those four good years under under Harbaugh, but even prior to that, he would cry in the locker room over losses. And you know, it's like Scott McLuhan, the guy who's draft who drafted him. Um, Frank's his favorite player that he's ever drafted. Joe Staley. Frank is his favorite player that he's ever played with. Um, I think if you were to kind of go around any of the locker rooms that he he's been in especially those niner teams that frank would have been the a1 teammate for everybody and you know he's doing these interviews standing up at the end of the games and answering questions and um and they're asking him it's like how tough has this season been for you and he talked a couple weeks ago about just how sweet it was gonna feel to get that win this season with the Jets. And I'm just so fucking pumped for the man that he was able to contribute in the way he did and it, and and kind of be the leader and be the guy that like they turned to when they needed to seal up a win up three. You know, they need a drive. They're in their four-minute offense. And Frank Gore was the centerpiece of their four-minute offense. So just think about, I mean, listen, it's not a good team, and Frank Gore would not be the centerpiece of probably 29 other teams' four-minute offense. 
And it's, it's shit. It might be 31 other teams forming an offense, but I'm not going to just fine. 31 other teams forming an offense. But he's the centerpiece of the Jets forming an offense, and he got it done against a first place fucking team. And I'm pumped for the man. So, um, anyway, congrats, Frank, on most games played as running back. Congrats on your. 100th NFL touchdown but I'm I'm thinking those are secondary for you because you're not going to go winless this season because fuck that franchise I swear to god if they were going to if they were going to give Frank a winless season for fuck's sake man um, anyway just uh, a uh, a cool day for my favorite player of all time and so I wanted to talk about it and now we get into the Sunday sit-down, Saturday sit-down, we did it before the Cowboys-Niners game. Um, and uh, so I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm going to go back and, and listen to this one as well, just to see, because we predicted exactly how the Niners or Cowboys would lose on Sunday. Same thing I did with the guys when when the, the, the Angry Browns fans guys were on the podcast. And um, I want to see how close I got. I think I, I talked about like a late interception for Mullins, and that that might have been too generic. So, um, but yeah, just a uh, a great chat with Kelsey. I'll leave her information in the uh, description of the podcast. And um, congrats, Frank the Tank. And so after the goat, Nacho and Kelsey Charles from the Cowboys, chop it up. All right, uh, so we are here. I am here. It's, it's weird hosting this uh, solo for a change. Uh, I'm here with Kelsey Charles, who works for the Cowboys, hosts a TV show about the Cowboys, hosts a podcast about the Cowboys called Girls Talking Boys, and was kind enough to sit down and uh, bullshit with me because it's Niners Cowboys week. And we just kind of, we were going to do this last week and then rescheduled it. And it just happened to work out that it's Niners Cowboys week. So, better. Um, yeah. How you doing? I'm good. And I'm glad you, that you said bullshit already because I was going to ask you, I forgot to ask you if we were allowed to curse. Like, so we're gonna already going to go ahead and throw the E on this. So I'm happy for that. We are very aligned. Right. We're both drinking beer. Yours probably has more alcohol than, I, than mine does because I quit actual beer beer. But uh, we're both drinking beers. You're allowed to curse. And if I start yelling at my kids because they're making too much noise, you'll just have to deal with it. <laughs> I love it already. Already. It's so great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. Like, I just think it's funny because I think we, we found each other on, on the interwebs, of course. And now we have this big matchup coming up. Well, it's not a big matchup at all, but we're going to go ahead and blow it up. Like it is because it's like the rivalry of the century. It should have <laughs> been a big matchup. It really should have. <laughs> what could have been right that's that's actually like the mantra of this entire year for both of us maybe more so you than me but also i would say me for different reasons but yeah what could have been and now we're both sitting here like all right like let's run some math and see what our draft position is going to be <laughs> yeah well and and yours like mine is the niners draft position is fairly straightforward it's you know we're probably going to come in last in the division and it's just kind of going to be like a 
yeah, we're going to be somewhere between nine and 15. I mean, there's still hope that the Cowboy, do you, okay, hold on. So I listened to your podcast on Friday and you and your co-host were kind of, there was, this, there was hope I heard on, on, on that podcast, there was hope. And I, I, I'm not sure I understand it. In what regard? Because, you know, listen, on Fridays, things get a little weird and, you know, we decide I'm kind of the pessimist right now. And Meg is like the eternal Cowboys optimist where she's like, well, you know, if I say we're playing poorly, then we're going to go ahead and play well. Like that's how this works. And like, or maybe we'll just get a really high draft pick. Like either way we're winning guys. Like, and I'm like, Oh, is that how we're doing it now? Because I'm happy for you that you have that perspective. But (laughs) honestly, a lot of Cowboys fans at this point in the game are truly looking at the draft pick scenario because it's just been so dire and they're so desperate for some semblance of light at the end of the tunnel because the playoff position is so difficult getting swept by Washington really put them in a tough spot where Washington has to lose out the entire season and granted they've got Seattle and you know New or I'm sorry they have the Philly and then who else are they playing either way I it's it's a tough I think I think and I only know this because I listen to your podcast but uh Philly the Giants and and yeah and who's the other uh, one Seattle. Seattle that's it yeah so, so they have to, they have to lose out Cowboys have to win out and they have to beat the giants, which would be the case because obviously the giants are on, on the Cowboys schedule. So it's just like a very, um, not realistic scenario. Although the NFC East stays a dumpster fire, but an interesting dumpster fire because Washington now is having to put their backup quarterback in Haskins is going to be at the helm. So like, it's not as much of a guarantee that they could come out with some victories. So who knows, man, like 2020, like what gives? Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, so the problem I think with both the Cowboys and the 49er seasons is that I expected the Cowboys and 49ers to finish one, two in the NFC this year and meet again in the NFC championship game. So that right there is the problem with the season. Uh, I, I, I said that Russell Wilson was the MVP through eight games. And then I think over his next five games, he started playing poorly. I still believe that's, you know, I still think, you know, holding out, you know, I'm holding out. I'm the last real 12 alive uh, that thinks he's going to win the MVP. Uh, But (laughs) the, um, uh, but yeah, I think that's the problem. I, I, whatever I'm saying these days, it, the opposite is happening. And I said at the beginning of the season, I thought Cowboys would be one, Niners would be two, and yep. it would we'd we'd get a repeat of the early '90s. And I didn't factor in that Mike Nolan was your defensive coordinator. Well, here we are. So you're welcome. That was for my that fault. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, he is right now, but I don't think he's going to be for longer. And it's funny how. This is all played out. And if you think about it, like hindsight's always 2020, but realistically speaking, we go into the off season and you get a new coaching staff, the whole like Jason Garrett saga and how that all went down and ended was super weird. It was like a breakup. It really was like an awkward breakup here in Dallas. So that was weird in itself. And then you get McCarthy in the door. He brings in Nolan and everyone's like, Oh, last time McCarthy was in Dallas, like he won a super bowl. Like, this is it. Like, this is the key. Right. And you know, Nolan, whether or not 
he's had a good performance in his career is a name. And we all know in Dallas that names carry a lot of weight and, and, and integrity, if you will. Um, it, all of that aside, we're in training camp and going through the draft and McCarthy's like, well, I'm just worried about getting the best players in the door. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to name a scheme. And everyone's like, are they four, three, are they three, four? Like, what is it going to be? Like, you've got Marinelli who, who, you know, he's going to have those like four down linemen and it's going to be like that nasty nose tackle. And that's just like how he plays. And like, that's always been what Marinelli's known for. Right. And then you've got guys like, like, it, like, it's just, you know, defensive coordinators and what they run. And Nolan never committed to anything here in Dallas. No one knows what he's running. And I don't think they still know. And I think it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> like, I don't even think the players know. So, yeah. I just, I just question the uh, logic of reassembling the 2005 San Francisco 49ers coaching staff. Like that. I mean, that was that was the first Alex Smith year, and then somehow off of that year, Mike McCarthy off of a year where your rookie quarterback threw one touchdown and like eleven interceptions or something. And they're like, he gets yes, the Packers job, lucks <laughs> is- into Aaron Rod, you know, gets Favre, and then, I mean, he was terrible as an offensive coordinator in new orleans like i didn't like the fact that nolan hired him back in 2005 and then somehow gets the packers job lux into a super bowl and just ate i think those are the only two things that he did he just ate fried foods and and um didn't do well yeah i i actually i would love to get your opinion on this because obviously the whole McCarthy being in San Francisco and Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers were in the same draft class. And then they chose Alex Smith. And then the next year he goes to green Bay. Do you think that's why he and Rodgers kind of had like, that was the beginning of their rift. Like surely Aaron Rodgers seems like the type of guy who carries a chip on his shoulder as it is. And he must've been semi insulted to be like, cool. So you decided you didn't want me. And now you inherited me. And you know, carry this for you like he's like excuse you mother effer like <laughs> sit down I mean like Aaron I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is necessarily one to hold a grudge except for the fact that you know he doesn't talk to his own mother uh or any of his family or his brother or any of his brothers yeah. um his brother actually owns a bar down here in uh in in Jordan the bachelor one one of them does Oh. One of the one of Aaron Rodgers' brothers owns a bar. I'm not a, a part down. of Bachelor Nation, so I'm not very well versed. So I'm sure it's actually not the one who's on Bachelor because he lives in <clears> Dallas. That's all. Yeah, I'm 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 even less. I can't imagine your knowledge on the Bachelor doesn't exceed mine. It's even actually, by one even by one's like iota. I just started watching. I tried to start watching like this past year. Quarantine is why I started watching. Okay, and I haven't even been able to make it through a whole it's very painful but I'm trying for the sake of like pop culture references it's still been a struggle and I got saved by the bell because my tv provider decided not to carry abc because they're fighting over rights right now so here we are but there you go the um, one the one reality show I watch is the 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 challenge on mtv the I don't my wife got me into that 10 years ago and i was like i was like she would watch it and watch it and watch it and watch it and then like 
know, like Bill Simmons um, would always like write about it and stuff as like America's fifth sport and everything. And, and I'm like, okay, fine. And then all of a sudden, like I watched like half of one season and now it's like, I follow TJ Lavin. I follow the challenge. Like that's my one. It's like, it's just a pleasure. It's not even a fucking guilty pleasure. I'll fight you. Um, I'm, 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 Anyway, that's that's my reality TV show. It's just so. a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty bad with TV. I watch a lot of sports, but um, I I think my guilty pleasure would be like Southern Charm. It's been the one that I have watched uh, occasionally, but otherwise, it's a lot of just random sports shows in the background and then just messing around on social media. I'll be honest. Is is, the- is Southern Charm just like the Jersey Shore but with manners? Pretty much. It's okay. pretty much exactly that. It's based in Charleston. Like, I, although I, I just feel like social media in itself is a reality TV show. So like you just sit back and like watch the, the dumpster fire that is your timeline. So it kind of works. Yeah. I mean, it's 2020. Everything's a dumpster fire. So everything's just kind of, it is what it is. Exactly. So exactly. how, um, okay. So this game this week, Niners Cowboys. Yep. Um, I can either go first or you can go first, but I was going to I was going to play a little game here where you have to predict how your team is going to lose this game. <laughs> Perfect. Well, um the Cowboys are they're not they're not good at winning games, but they are good at finding creative ways of losing them. So, you know, we could go that route if you want because I do think the Cowboys are going to lose this. I'll go, I'll side with Vegas. You guys are three point favorites. And, you know, uh, although your quarterback play is so sketchy, like what in the world? Like I even kind of feel a little nasty, just a little icky giving you the credit because you have Nick Mullins, like by like what, like, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm I, when I talk about players, I talk about their performance on the field. Like this is not a personal attack on Nick Mullins, but whoa okay sometimes i do the personal attack thing but go ahead it's just not good (laughs) it's really not good he's kelsey you're forgetting that he is third all time in uh qb yards in a quarterback's passing yards in the first 13 games of a quarterback's career wow is that it's mahomes andrew luck and just like you'd expect nick mullins in his first 13 (laughs) starts third all time in (laughs) passing yards I love when you can take, this is why stats are great. This is why stats are wonderful because you can manipulate them to be whatever you want them to be. And damn it. If I don't do it myself, sometimes I'm like, no, but listen, like, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, like, come on, man. Um, no, I started, I, I was having so much fun. I was doing useless Saturday and was having so much fun with useless. Because there's just no content on Saturdays. And so I would just kind of like, pour through espn.com or whatever and just kind of be looking at you know because i'm like i use saturday to kind of like okay who's playing tomorrow what are my jokes gonna be what's my first meme of the day gonna be like stuff like that and then it's like all of a sudden i find out that like you know danny amendola justin gage uh are like leading their team are leading their teams in receiving yards and it's like oh okay well there's a meme so i created a whole account out of it i've got a i've got an offshoot account that's literally useless nfl stats and uh you know drew Brees has a higher yards per catch than christian mccaffrey for his career it's so fun i love this shit (laughs) i love it here (laughs) um 
to your so yes mullins is bad very bad um but you're, he's, you're feeling you're feeling a little icky about uh being underdogs to nick mullins I am. and then also picking nick mullins yes to beat a team on the road even though the niners have been staying at a best western for the last four weeks okay so when i worked for the cowboys i have like a side story real quick sidebar so my first job i used to my first job out of college i worked for the dallas cowboys and i work part-time for them right now but i worked full-time for them and at that point in time i used to run training camp for them and i was also doing media and so when i talked to their team reporter this week for one of the tv shows that i did and she was telling me about their setup because obviously they're in Phoenix being that they can't play games in, you know, the San Francisco region. I'll call it region because they're not in San Francisco. Right. Either way, um, it is an actual training camp 2.0. And I have to think for the mentality of that team, like someone like myself, who's actually sat there and lived through an entire training camp over and over again, it is actually exhausting, even if it's a very convenient setup it's like great. It's like groundhog day, like over and over and over again. Like you wake up, you're in a hotel room, you're not in your own space, right? Your family's not there. And you try and get some things and make it feel like home. But then you like take your little golf cart down to the ballroom that they've converted into meeting rooms. And then you go through like the little like lunch line. And it's just, this like, get your box lunch. Like, it's just a very, it's, it's fine. But I would imagine that that's just a, an additional tax mentally on these guys already in such a, crap season 2020 sucks this season sucks for them and then having to do that on top of it and be like are you kidding me right now like it's just like what else right so right. i i can imagine how that's taking a toll on this team and they come to dallas i still gonna i'm gonna give them the victory because you know at the end of the day dallas is just really they're just struggling. I mean, I think Andy Dalton's a better quarterback, obviously, than what you guys are putting on the field. We are getting some of the secondary players back, like Trayvon Diggs and Cheeto and all of that. But, you know, that's just going to be an opportunity for them to have a full force secondary again and still continue to be performing poorly. So I don't have a lot of faith in the reinforcements that we're getting. And that's not like Trayvon Diggs is going to be great one day, but all he's doing right now is getting targeted because he's a rookie. So it, it is kind of what it is. Um, and granted the defense last week against the Bengals, it's the Bengals though. It's the Bengals. Like how much can I give them credit for this? Right. They hold them to a hundred, like 101 rushing yards, which is the best performance this rushing defense has had all year. But again, it's the Bengals. So I can't really give them much credit for that. And you guys actually have a good backfield and we've literally given guys like the Browns had some running back who quite frankly, six months ago was on a boat catching fish as a career. And we gave him a career rushing day. We made him look like an all pro. Like I just, I'm sorry that I'm not feeling more optimistic because they are coming off of a pretty decent victory. But again, I have to have add some perspective to the situation. And I just really feel like 49ers are going to come in here and, you know, give our offense a difficult time on the defensive side of things. That's what they're good at. I think it's a strength for you guys, even despite all of your injuries that you've been, you know, inflicted with, but offensively, like, you know, I, I think you guys are just going to do a number on this Cowboys defense. <laughs> the, the Nolan defense, baby. So, um, okay. So you, you think high scoring game, low score, like Cowboys lose a high scoring game or Cowboys lose a low scoring game. I think it's going to be like in the twenties. All right. A yeah, game. Like, 
it'll be a game. I think it'll be interesting ish, you know? Yeah. I feel I like to me, this is like Nick Mullins, like just zips a ball off of like Kendrick Bourne's hands and it pops up (laughs) and like Cowboys linebacker, you know, Jalen Smith, like takes it back for a pick six Niners lose 27, 24. Like that just like Shanahan, maybe he's calling a pass when he should have called a run and last second pick six is kind of like that. That to me is just kind of that, that feels like how this is going to go. It's like a close game that nobody actually should watch. Yeah. Um, And it just ends like, there's no winners here. I mean, if you guys win this game, you need it. Is does Dak is Dak a cowboy next year? Oh yeah. I think okay. so too, but like if if your draft pick is high enough, yeah. Do you just bite the bullet and draft a quarterback? So that's the funny thing about this draft. I think Dak is I'm I'm really tired of like the slander that Carson Wentz, especially in a season like this, the Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott comparisons. Like I'm so over that. It's not even funny, but don't worry because I'm guaranteeing you that the Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott comparisons are forthcoming. So can't wait for those. Um, Either way, it is a really interesting predicament to be in. And it depends on who you ask because the Cowboys, if they ended their season today because the Chargers won, they would have the number four draft pick, right? So, you know, that's a, there's a top heavy quarterback draft class right now. And if you have the opportunity to get like, they're not going to be number one, but if you had the opportunity to get like a generational talent, right? Like, let's just say like, for the sake of the argument, a Trevor Lawrence, I feel like even if you are the biggest believer in Dak, that's a really difficult thing to pass up. It just is. And I think, you know, I've got friends who are front office people who are like, very like and then you've got you've got scouts and you've got like coaches like it just depends who you ask like scouts are like oh we're obviously taking the generational talent like are you joking like this isn't even a question and then you've got guys like jerry and the stevens who are like no like dax our guy and then you have the fans who want to trade back but that's also assuming that you have good trade partners like that's not a guarantee it's right. not a guarantee that you have a trade partner. Like it's not as easy as being like, Oh, well, we'll just like trade it in. Like you don't know if that can happen or not. So I definitely think Dak will be back, but if they don't sign him to the deal that he needs to get signed to, like I have the figures, like, I don't even know what they are. If they franchise him next year, it's going to be crazy. It's like and 40 they, million. It's stupid. Yeah. It's and, in- and we don't know what the, so, so the the only variable to this is what is the salary cap going to be? Because if it drops to like, there are so many big contracts, like everybody on the Cowboys has gotten paid except for Dak. And yep. now because of COVID, the salary cap might drop all the way back down to like 175 if they don't like put in right. some kind of like, you know, like do over type thing. Like they basically have like the way that the, my understanding of it is the way that the math works is that the salary cap is going to reset all the way back to the floor. And that could be 175 million. That's like a 50 million drop, 40 million drop from where it is. And how do you, so it's like, do you take a QB that you can pay a couple million bucks and just say buy to Dak and you end up with a third round pick in next year as, as a compensation, or do you bring, I like, 
but Dak is really good. I mean, it's like people, listen, I run a meme page, so there's plenty of people out there who get their, their news from pages like me and get, get their opinions from pages like me. But I mean, like Dak threw for damn near 5,000 yards last season. He's, he's really good. He's really good. And he extends plays and he's not just a bus driver type quarterback. And at the end of the day, this bus driver team, type quarterback. I like that. He's he, they're bought into him and they yeah. really are. And I just think that like, you've seen great quarter, like, like I, I've seen in my time with the Cowboys, I've seen the Tony, I've seen Tony Romo and I've seen Dak Prescott with their team and Tony Romo is awesome. And he was great, but like, it's just a different type of energy with Dak in the building. And I think that you see a lot of that and it's just different. And I'm, I'm not talking poorly about what way Tony ran his business versus what Dak does. But at the end of the day, like it, it's a different style. And I think that it goes a long way with this team. And so I really do think the Cowboys do sign him, but I do like your point about the salary cap because, you know, everyone's asking why the Cowboys are doing what they're doing and and packing the stadium with 40,000 people or 20,000 people. And, you know, the only team that's actually have the most amount of fans, that's why, because at the end of the day, most of their revenue comes from game days. And when their revenue is down, the salary cap is down and the percentage they can pay, play the, pay the players is down. So they're doing whatever they can to salvage their contract, salvage any semblance of budget they have to be able to build these teams for the future. So in conclusion, I think Dak is signed, but I definitely think it's going to be an interesting scenario uh, for this team come draft time, because last year they picked the best player available and that was wide receiver. And while it was a need, it wasn't a super dire need comparatively speaking when they could have taken, you know, the chase on pick and gotten the defensive lineman that they really, really, really needed. How many Super Bowls do you think Tony Romo wins if Sean Payton stays with the Cowboys? <laughs> like that's my here. that's that's my favorite what if right now because like um I I was first on the corner of like like Drew Brees as a system quarterback is like my that's the that's my corner of the internet. Okay. And um the there I have more people there with me now uh, but it was it was mostly a troll just kind of in response to all the Tom Brady's the system quarterback thing but then I've had to defend it so much that now I actually believe it um and and the coaches that Tony Romo had to live with while Drew Brees got Sean Payton and I think Payton only like Payton left Parcells left like the next year Yep. And then it was like the Wade Phillips era or, or whoever the hell else yep. came after that. Yep. Um, but that's my, that's my favorite. What if is, is what if Tony Romo got a full career with Sean Payton? I can't even imagine. Yeah. I just wanted to like torture you with that for a second. But let me go ahead and take that a step farther and go really weird on you because you can talk all you want situational Tony Romo and Sean Payton. What about Dak Prescott and Sean Payton? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, all of it, all of it, like weird, you guys, it would be so tragic for Cowboys. Like if the worst case, worst case scenario happens, right. And the Cowboys can't keep Dak. You can't tell me 
that New Orleans wouldn't be a one. Oh, oh, I see what you're going with. Not like, oh, Sean Payton would have had Romo and then Dak. You're saying like oh. Dak goes to New Orleans. No, that's what I'm Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. That would be so tragic all around. But low-key. The only way that happens, though, is if you don't get the generator. Like if you, the only way that you're losing Dak is if <laughs> you get the generational talent in the draft. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence, but if like Justin Fields or if there's somebody else in that echelon sticks around, then, then yeah, Dak, like the fact that, I mean, like I just looked up Zeke's contract, like the fact that like you guys can't get out of that for like another three years, that it's like, there's like $45 million in dead money. Like that's Dak money right there. And, uh, and Tony Pollard is probably the better running back at this point. I feel like I'm way more scared of Tony Pollard than I am of Zeke. I'll just, I'll, I'll for, for Sunday, this season, this week, I'm more scared of Tony Pollard than I am Zeke. And that's a bad thing to say about a guy who's got a $45 million cap number. Since we're talking Ohio state, I do wonder sidebar since I'm great. I'm the sidebar queen. I do okay. wonder after justin Fields, are you avoiding the conversation kelsey that's what this sounds like you just don't do you just not want to talk about zeke i'm sad sad about zeke and i'll tell you why but does justin fields draft stock go down after his performance in the big 10 championship game because granted we know that there was big key players that were out but he was struggling and i was kind of concerned and all these guys like you know the dane ruglers of the world were going up and just being like, Hey, like, this is why he was not my number two quarterback in the draft. And that was a weird thing for me to see, because you always hear like, it's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And that was not the case on my timeline, at least coming out of this weekend. Okay. I don't see, I can't, uh, I can't watch college football. Like I, it's like, it's not, I, I just, I, I just can't, I can't get invested in it. I'd like, I did, I went to, I went to, uh, uh, I went to Santa Barbara for school. And so no football team undefeated. Oh, wait, you're familiar with Oxnard then. Like, that's like your, your hood. Like you've been up in those parts. I mean, through Oxnard. I've been through Oxnard. Oh, so we could like talk some Ventura Oxnard Cowboys connection thing. Yeah. So I went to, uh, I went to, I went to city college in the 805. Um, and, uh, well, I guess Santa Barbara's still in the 805, but yeah, I, I, um, I grew up in LA and then, uh, went up to Santa Barbara for school and, um, I don't know where we're going with this. Where was I going with this? Oh, but I just might, I just never had a college team and like, my dad never had like I got all my sports teams from my dad and uh he didn't have a college football team his college didn't even have a team um my college didn't have a team and so it's like I don't know I just I've been to a couple college games but like I went to a Notre Dame game in Notre Dame that was really cool my one of the co-hosts on my podcast is is uh, a Notre Dame legacy kid and uh um but like that's it. So it's like, I just don't, I just don't watch it. I yeah. just, I, I don't involve myself in it. So it's like, when it comes down to like draft stuff and everything, I just call Doug and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> is this, did we do okay? He's like, yeah, buddy, you did, you did fine. So, um, no, but, I have like, um, 
God, Dak on the Dak on the uh, on the Saints. That's frightening. That would be frightening. But back to your thing about Ezekiel Elliott before I took you on this like massive college sidebar. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is it has been fuel for the don't pay running backs crowd. I will say that. <laughs> and it looks like you're one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that. I am I am right there with my picket sign. So it's been tough because you know, like he had his holdout before and like he didn't went to Mexico and did all his things. And, and, and obviously he's been, a wait, big... what was Mexico? Oh, he went and did training in Mexico. Like he was in like Cabo or something. And that's the most casual, amazing holdout I ever did see. Right. So... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was like, uh, this was, so this was a year or two ago. Okay. I'm still with yeah. you. And so, you know, he, but the Cowboys have been known for their run game and their offensive line for the last couple of years. Like that's really truly been like the juice, right? right. Like in the thing that's got, gotten the guys like the Des Bryant's open. And, you know, you always had like the Jason Witten, the Whoopi, where he, you knew that you could throw it to him and like, he would always be open. Right. And it, it just made this, this offense more dynamic. And so it really felt like, yeah, we need to lock him down. And then they lock him down and he's suddenly leading the league and running backs in turnovers and fumbles. And it's like, yo, he has, he's had one, I think one 100 plus yard rushing game this entire year. And, you know, like some of the fumbles I've watched him and I'm like, ah, oh, gosh, like I can't, it's hard for me to like solely give that to him. But also like, I couldn't help but think and have this horrible flashback and Cowboys fans will remember this to the DeMarco Murray fumble series where he just was struggling to hold on to the ball. And you've got this obviously great, amazing talent and he's hurting himself. And so literally, I remember this, like when I was working for the team, he, they would, they would make him carry a ball around at all times during practice, like all times. Yeah. And I'm like, are we going to see that with Zeke? Because it's just, it's been a struggle. And yeah, like, you're right. Like Tony Pollard has been more explosive. He's done more damage at times than Zeke has. And you can't ever ignore Zeke. Like even when he's playing at his poorest level, no defensive coordinator is going to ever count him out, but it's just, I don't know what to chalk it up to other than a mental thing. Like I, I have to imagine it's a mental thing for him, but on top of it, when you're getting paid, like you are, it's the expectation that you can rise above that mentality and be able to truly be a leader on the team. And so I think that's where a lot of people are having a hard time swallowing that pill. And so, yeah, it's been disappointing and nothing that you're saying is wrong. And it's a really shitty place to be for Cowboys fans, especially when you want to pay your quarterback. Yeah. So and, and if he's not the only guy who's one of the highest paying players on the team, who's actually hurting the team. A lot of times Jalen Smith is another one who really hasn't had the best of seasons. And everyone's like, look, they're, they're pulling out their calculators. Like how much are we paying you? Like, yeah. and what are you doing? Like, what have you done for me lately? So it's kind of a common theme with Cowboys right now. And it's, it's not a great one. So here we are. Yeah, no, we're, uh, I mean, the Niners have, you know, they're like, they're nine and three with D Ford on the field, but that's only 12 games and we've been paying him for two seasons. And, uh, so there's that, like the Niners center. we're, on, I think we're on our fourth or fifth center at this point this season. You know, we had a bit, we, we signed Western Richburg a couple of years, uh, two years ago, he was supposed to kind of anchor the offensive line. He won't be back next year. It's like the Niners team is, but what I'm and so here's 
here's where, and this is part of where the don't pay the running back gets like personal for me is mm-hmm. that like everything about Mike Shanahan and his son, Kyle, who happens to be our coach. <laughs> um, him. Him. Uh, no, I, 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 I love him. I don't think he should ever be in charge of scouting quarterbacks, but uh, they should take quarterback opinion. Like here, here's the guy you're going to run your offense with. Shut the fuck up. Like we don't, I don't want your input because uh, well, here, here's a, here's a, a sidebar for us. We uh, Mr. Quarterback guru uh, passed on to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes to, and they dra- ended up drafting. Oh, not because they thought that not because they thought that Brian Hoyer or Matt Barkley was the solution. They were very clear that Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley were not the solution. It was because they wanted Kirk cousins the next year. Mm. That's why we drafted a defensive lineman in 2017. What's that? Did you like that? Right. (laughs) And, and then, uh, and then after that, so then, so the wanting Kirk Cousins thing is a red flag for me. We've been hanging on to CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins for two years. We're like the one of the only teams in the league prior, well, last year, let's just say last year, because this year is a little different. Maybe you hang on to a third quarterback in case, you know, a Broncos situation happens and you've got to pull up a practice squad wide receiver to play quarterback. Um, yeah. But we're the only team last year that I think that carried three quarterbacks all season. And I think it's because he thought he saw something special in CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. And I don't need to tell you they're not special. Yeah. So um, I think he's bad at judging quarterbacks. I think he's great at, at scheming them. And like, yeah, a lot of Jimmy's success is because he's throwing the guys that are wide the fuck open. Um, But anyway, going back to the running back thing, uh, they're the whole Shanahan family thing. It's like, the, it's like what they say instead of amen at the end of grace is we can find running backs anywhere. Like every, every running, like it, you know, there was like Olandis Gary and just uh, Mike Anderson. And that was with his dad. And now it's like, they've got Raheem Mostert and you can just Tevin plug, Coleman. you can plug Tevin Coleman in there. You can plug this guy in there. You go Jeff Wilson. You can plug in there. You can plug all these guys in. But at the start, but like two years ago, they said, no, we need Jarek McKinnon and we're going to make him like the third highest paid running back in the league. And it's like, one of these things doesn't make sense. <laughs> Both of these things can't be true. You can't go get, you can't turn every running back that you touch into a thousand yards and then go, oh God, I got to have this guy for 45 million over three years. It just, anyways, that's, so that's where it kind of like crystallized for me. Um that you just don't pay fucking running backs and it's only gotten worse. Jeff like, Wilson I mean, is like the most like basic bitch name of all time. I'm sorry. It's I'm a, it's kidding. a, um, it's like a, uh, it's a good fella's name. They give you when you like move to Arizona to get away from the mafia. Like, Oh no, my name's not oh, Salvatore. He's definitely in the protected. Yes. My name's, my name's not Salvatore Yanucci. It's Jeff Wilson. We, wow. We just figured it out. Right. We might, they did that man's life i blame yeah, you so, yeah we so we've got it's a jarek mckinnon raheem mostert and then <laughs> jeff wilson who sounds like a fullback from the 80s <laughs> listen long live the fullbacks first of all let me just say that yes 
we love a good fullbacks moment, but you know, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with anything you're saying right now. And, um, I, it's just not a great place to be. I have to say, like, I don't love no, it. I don't is, love it here. I don't love it here. Yeah, no, this is the, this is a, it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm the target of about 86,000 trolls on any given day, especially when the Niners lose and you can't, I'm impenetrable this season. I have given up on this season so long ago, like, yep. you know, and not in like a, Oh, I'm only a, you know, I, I'm still watching every snap and, and doing all this other stuff. But like, I have zero expectations of this season. I have absolutely no expectations. <laughs> I mean, and also you just can't, you, you can't get to me. Like there's nothing you, like we could get slaughtered by the Cowboys on Sunday. And if you'd told me that would have happened at the beginning of the season, I'd been like, man, Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. And now I'm just like, and I probably would have thrown stuff. <laughs> if you told me that was going to happen, but now I'm like, I wouldn't have thought to ask, well, who's the starting quarterback and who's the starting running back and who's the starting tight end. And is Nick Bosa have two ACLs that are intact? Like I wouldn't think to have asked that. I just would have been upset. Honestly, but here you can't, you can't get, you can't get to me now. You sound like a Browns fan. Like I have a couple of friends that are Browns fans and they're like, listen, like the Browns can't hurt me. They've already hurt me so much. Like, I am impenetrable at this point. So I'm happy that you've gotten to that place. I, um, I highly write. So Doug, who's on my podcast with me is a, is a huge Browns fan. He's from Canton. Um, and, uh, we went to the Niners Browns game last year and, you know, at the start of the season, I'm like, Oh God, we're both going to be terrible. And then all of a sudden the Niners are undefeated and Doug and I had like, we'd already bought tickets and stuff. And I'm sitting there going like, man, and we get to the game. I'm like, and like Matt Breida rattles off like an 80 yard. It's, it was like, it was like Monday night football. Matt Breida rattles off like an 80 yard uh, rushing touchdown in the first five minutes of the game, first two minutes of the game. And I look at Doug and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, you know, it's like touchdown after touchdown piles up. And, and I, I said to him, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You came up here for this. He's like, dude, I've been watching the Browns lose for 35 years. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm used to this. So I highly recommend if you're going to go to a game with an opposing team's fan, make it a Browns fan. Literally, like It's like, if, if, if they're winning, if they're, if they're going to beat you, they're not going to rub it in. They're just nice people. And if they're losing, they know how to take a loss better than any fan base in football. Literally when they were beating us, my friend was texting me and he was like, no one in the bar that I'm at is celebrating Kelsey. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, we don't trust this team and we don't believe it yet. <laughs> so we're going to wait until it's actually finally final and nothing can change it to celebrate. And I was like, wow, you are so scarred. <laughs> yeah. It's severe, severe PTSD. Like <laughs> they, um, uh because i was just on uh, a couple weeks ago i had the guys from the uh angry browns fans um page and their their podcast dogs of war i had them on and we had this exact conversation i was like doug tells me he starts at every season he starts at like a nine or a ten in terms of like hey this is our year and then by the end of the second quarter it's like oh not gonna be our year but this year it's like it keeps ratcheting up and like i felt so bad for them after the the ravens and the ravens game where you know, they did everything 
just about it. everything right. And they just, mm-hmm. you know, didn't work out. Lamar Jackson, you know, did his business and then came back and did the damn thing. Yeah. Take that um, as you will. Poopgate. <laughs> like, which one's better? The, <laughs> the poop game or the flu game? Because I don't think, I feel like we might have a true comparison now at this point. Like jo- this- Jordan, well, like, Listen, Jordan was hung over all game. Lamar Jackson had to take a shit for like 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> there's a difference, right? Either Jordan had food poisoning. I mean, like, and I believe the hangover story more than I believe the food poisoning, but I believe the hangover. Um, and, uh, but like, Jordan was hung over all game. <laughs> Lamar Jackson was fine, not fine, fine. And listen, we've all been there. So it's not that that. hard to imagine. Girls don't do that. Right, right. I forgot. Yes. I forgot. 10% of of my followers have have never even farted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm glad you realized. I'm glad you realized. (laughs) So, um, okay. So you've got, uh, your career is just all sports. And um, on the off chance that one of the kids that's listening to this is wanting to get into sports sure. how did you get into it um any advice and stuff like that so i can't remember if we were recording when i told you what i do no we so were okay i work my nine to five um is in sports marketing and so i work in sports sponsorships so like naming rights deals of stadiums um or i work with like sports teams um anytime you see like a brand like on a sign or with an athlete or on a commercial or something like that. Like that's what I do for my nine to five. And then outside of my nine to five, I do the media. Uh, so are you, media. are you selling, are you selling the, the space or are you facilitating the arrangement or what's I'm the, the client now? So okay. when I was, when I first started out, I was at the Cowboys. And so I would be like the property size, what we call it in the business. And so I'd be fulfilling it. And then I would actually be like selling it or executing it on okay. the Cowboys. Like Bank of America or Ford buys a XYZ. And then I have to make sure it happens at training camp, right? Gotcha. And then, then I went to the agency side where I was like the middleman between a big brand and like Dak Prescott and AT or well, AT&T was who I worked for. <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you uh, go. <laughs> I did the naming rights deal for like AT&T Stadium and like the star. And then I also work with Pac-12. And then now I am physically on the brand side. So I'm the one who says, yes, I want to sponsor that. No, I don't want to sponsor that. So gotcha. I think, um, I would say, honestly, it really is about getting your internships. There's a lot of people. It's, it really is. It's so cliche, but it's all who you know. Um, and also working your ass off. Uh, you just need to be prepared to work non-conventional hours. And you really should love what you do. Like love this sport and love um, the energy behind it because there's a lot of crazy hours and things that go, go into it, but it's a lot of fun. And I have a lot of cool experiences and stories to show for it. And I've really enjoyed my journey thus far. So it's a, it's been a good time. Awesome. And how did you get hooked in with like SB nation and the podcast and all that stuff? Yeah. So when I was with the Cowboys, I did a hybrid role where I was doing marketing, but also doing media. And so one of the guys from SB nation reached out to me like this off season and was like, Hey, uh, I know you haven't really been in the game for a minute, but would you want to come on my podcast as, a, as like just a guest? And I was like, sure. 
and I hopped on the show because he used to listen to me back when I was with the Cowboys. And then he's like, well, how about I just give you your own show? And I was like, well, obviously I'm down for that. Right. <laughs> and then the Cowboys called me again in the off season. They're like, hey, we have this TV show that we want to do. And are you in for that too? And so it's kind of spiraled from there. And so, yeah, I mean, I love the media side of things. I think ultimately that's my goal to continue doing more and more of that because I just have fun with it. So like a combination of, of taking my master's through when I get that and um, doing like individual deals for players, like working with them, like on a contract basis. And then also doing my own media stuff. So I'm not a reporter. I don't want to break news. Like I just like facilitating interesting conversations. Like that's really what my, my, my shtick is, if you will. You, you want to set up the meeting and then just kind of eavesdrop a little bit. Pretty much. That's cool. Yeah. And then like, in like slap their hands if they say something they shouldn't be saying or like, you know, tell them to delete that tweet and then, you know, make sure okay. that it's like not like a super weird, like very played out kind of sponsorship deal. Like, you know, when you see a player and they, they just tweet something is so like horribly addy and you're like, God, like this is, no one cares about this, right? Like it's so advertising forward right. and painful. So my goal is to take those and make them a little bit more organic and actually make sense for the player and have a true sponsorship story so that it resonates with the audience versus just being like, Hey, buy this truck because you should buy this truck. Right. Okay. So it's like, so what if you were designing a, so it's like, so you're playing matchmaker then right now. So or like Poopery that- should be calling Lamar Jackson is what I'm trying to tell you. Like that is actually what should be happening. That would be hysterical and funny and perfect for a sponsorship deal. So like, like Andy, Andy Dalton and Lucky Charms, like stuff like that. 100%. Perfect. Like lean into it. Lean yeah. into your imperfections. Lean into the oddities. It's what makes these things great. Kelsey just called everybody with red hair odd and imperfect. Just You're throwing that out there. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> Hey, this was a lot of fun and I don't want to take up more of your time, but this was, uh, uh, anyway, I appreciate, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was good. I will, we will have to have you on GTB. I should have thought about this before the 49ers game. We'll just have you on in general because you like to watch all the games. So, you know, we'll figure out. What's G what's GTV? Oh, GTB girls talking boys. Girls talking boys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you can, uh, um, yeah, you know, it's like meme pages always have stuff to say about the Cowboys. So I was gonna say, <laughs> always top of mind for we we live rent free in everyone's heads, but it's really like you know, it's, it's such easy it's today. such easy content though. I mean, it's just it's just the gift that keeps on giving. Like if the Cowboys ever got really good, it would just it would just dry up content. It would be so I can't terrible. Wait to see what Cowboys. <laughs> memes you make in honor of me this week just to torture my little cowboy soul a little bit more well i mean like um you know i get it's like i gotta figure out a way to like to work in the feet picks or something into um <laughs> that's a weird part of the internet man and you know what i love my job like i really enjoy sports marketing but let me tell you if this feet pick thing really pays as much as i think it does like i might be interested i might be interested yeah. I mean, it's, that's what I tell, uh, that's what I tell people when they say, hey, do you make money off your page? I go, no, no, no. But I've got this really cool page where I sell my feet picks. Um, and that they're like, what you can do that. I'm like, look it up, bro. Um, but, uh, that is, it is, um, yeah, that the, the feet picks thing is, uh, is hysterical. How did we, how did that, 
I forget okay. how that conversation started. So how that happened was, so actually the Angry Browns podcast guys, uh, Dogs of War, yeah. the, I went on their show. And so we're friends now. And one of the guys was, was messaging me and like joking with me. And he was like, we were just, I don't even know. Like I was, he, I think we were talking about just like how creepy people can be on the internet. And I sent him this one. I was like, oh, let me show you. And we started talking about feet pics and how like, that's a thing. The moment we started talking about it, I kid you not, within the past week, I've gotten like 10 or 15 requests. And I'm like, big brother is listening. I don't know how y'all got into my brain or into my DMs and went full Russia and learned what I was talking about. But everyone and their mother wants to buy feet pics from Kelsey Charles right now. And you know, I don't understand. I mean, again, like if I can sell them for a thousand dollars a pop, which is apparently one of the going rates. Like if you think about it, I could be like, I can add like Cowboys sell, right? Like Cowboys, and you know, obviously we got the game flex. So like, that's not really truly the, you know, we're not really showcasing that we can still sell. Even yeah. Like, a, like a nice, like tasteful Cowboy star on your, on like one of your feet. Like, well, you gotta have, you gotta have one feet foot for Cowboys fans and then one foot for like non-Cowboys fans. Yeah, like I could be like Cowboys girl feet pics and that would probably, it's not just a thousand dollars anymore. It's like $2,000. Right, like we yeah. We really have a thing and you wouldn't need to see my face. Like it would just literally just be my feet. Right. I'm thinking about it. All right. Well, if you do the tattoo thing, I want 5%. Well, I already have a tattoo <laughs> on my foot. It's a clover and it's a stupid tattoo. So hopefully that doesn't downgrade my my feet stock. Like, oh, is she a Celtics fan and a Cowboys fan? No, it was one of those like Friday the 13th, like stupid tattoos. And like, what do you want to get? It's 20 bucks if you put a 13 in a tattoo. And I was like, okay, cool. 18 years old, right? I get a clover on the bottom of my foot with a 13 in it. It's not even a four leaf clover. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Like, it's so dumb. <laughs> what, um, what is your, what's your favorite Cowboys meme that you've come across? Um, uh... I mean, I used to love the ones that are making fun of Philly. I love the Philly ones. I know it's not a super Cowboys one. Like, I love when Philly didn't have a ring and we could be like, oh, like you should always date a, like a Philly fan because right. you know she's looking for a ring. Like that was phenomenal. I loved the ones when they were actually good. And it was like the, like Des Bryant was like the only eight and eight you're going to see is on the back of my jersey. But obviously again, we know that's not the case. <laughs> I would love eight and eight right now. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm hurt that like, I was so hoping for the winner of the NFC East to be six and 10 or worse. And the Redskins are going to have to lose out for that to happen. And I'm just bummed. Like the dumpster ones where it's like gangs all here. And it's, it's, it's a dumpster with every single NFC East team on it. That's phenomenal. Um, I love that one. I wish we those were my, th- th- as a, as a, as a, as a meme page that I got, I hate those memes so bad. Like there's just no, any, any jackass can put a logo on a dumpster. Drives me crazy. I need, once we, once we get offline, I'm going to pick your brain on how you do that because you know, the content is, is rich and I'm impressed. Well, I will, we'll end on that note. So, um, Kelsey, thanks for, uh, she is, Hey, Kelsey Charles on, uh, on Instagram and then Hey Cowboys feet, uh, on Instagram as well. If you want to go look her up and hit her up, they are pricey, yeah. but, um, out of my price range anyways. So Worth it. Kelsey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you.
If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.